Welcome back to another episode of the Business Growth Advantage. Today, we're talking about something really important with a new friend of mine, Andrea Haran. We're a couple of days out from 2022 starting. A lot of people right now are talking about goals and New Year's resolutions, and that's all great. But a couple of weeks ago, when Andrea and I connected and started talking business, we talked about this topic and I was like, oh, this needs to be an episode. And I actually think it's really timely that we talk about this when people are in that season of big picture thinking and big picture planning. Andrea is an HR expert. Uh, you can find her business at focushr.biz. And today we're gonna be talking about core values for a company and how that concept of core values fits into those other fun words that you hear HR experts talk about. <laughs> so Andrea, let's start there. Can you help break down in plain English, which I know is your jam, when it comes to things like mission, purpose, values, how have you figured out a way to kind of get past this language that a lot of us have heard a lot of before, and that language is becoming less and less helpful as business owners. Absolutely. Well, first of all, Joy, thank you so much for having me on. I am so excited to be having this discussion with you and everyone who's watching now and later. Wow. It's, sometimes words just get so overused, you know, the mission statement, vision statements, core values, to the point where people... Honestly, they just don't hear them anymore. They, they don't have any value to them. I'm reformatting it a little bit because I want to simplify it. I'm a huge believer in the KISS principle. Keep it simple, silly. Yeah. Okay. No, I didn't use, I don't say that word out loud. <laughs> I get it. I like that. So when I look at that is what I'm looking at is what is the company's purpose. What is your corporate purpose? Why do you exist? Hmm. What is it that you're doing? Sometimes in marketing terms, it's referred to, you know, your uh, proposition, mission statement we've heard. Why are you there? Who do you serve? What is it all about? Where I get people that trip up on this is that they feel like they have to have this wordsmith, beautiful thing that works for everybody. Yeah. But here's the thing, your company doesn't work for everybody. You are unique in what you do, what you provide, and who is attracted to you, both as far as team members and as well as, as clients. Mm. So embrace that uniqueness, share yeah. it, you know, and, and live it. People 
are going to be attracted to your company based on your purpose. That is what brings them in. Now, I'm going to show off my age a little bit here because, you know, back in the day, what you told people outside of your company, you know, your marketing message could be one thing. What you told people in your team and was something else entirely. And the fact that they didn't match, who would know? Yeah. Then along comes all the social media. They start naming them off and then there's more coming all the time. Now it has to match. Mm. If those two are different, people see the disconnect. And it doesn't matter if, if it's team or clients. They see that disconnect and they're like, well, if they can't be consistent in their message, what else are they inconsistent about? Mm. You know, it almost... It sounds harsh, but you almost sound two-faced. People don't like that. You know, people like what I see is what I get. So tell them what it is that they get. And I think with social media and the internet and everything else, it's becoming harder and harder for a, a business entity or a business owner to think about and behave as a business or as the owner internally and externally very differently. Yeah, you have to be, you know, we're the same, you know, it's, I remember it's like, well, who people are in business and who they are personally are, you know, it's not always the same. Yeah. Well, why not? Maybe we're just a little bit more formal in business. We use bigger words than maybe we do with family, but essentially you should be the same person. Yeah. So just to zoom out real quick, sure. it, do you tip, tend to start with this question? of let's, let's clarify your purpose first, or is there uh, another question around a different topic or a question that you like to ask that helps make figuring out what your purpose is a little easier? Um, you can't start with that. First of all, it's an overwhelming mm. question. So I like people to take a step back and really take a look at that, to overuse the saying that 30,000 foot view and say, just talk to us. How do you see the company? And I like doing this with a leadership team. And the leadership team can be just the owner and one other person, or it can be a, a team. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Is how do you see the company? When people ask you what you do, what do you say? You know, mm -hmm. so yeah, we're going to bring in a little bit of that elevator speech. You know, we're going to talk about what their clients say. You know, so we bring in more than just what's here. You know, what do other people say? How do other people describe you? Do you like the way you're being described. Mm. People forget that question. Yeah. You know, is that what you want to be known by? Mm. Or, you know, if you tried to veer off in this direction, but everything keeps pulling you back, well, maybe it's telling you that's where your expertise is. And this is a side thing or an adjacent service that you need to keep your core here. Yeah. And that reminds me, you're bringing up great questions for people to ask themselves and their team. If you're watching this live or on the replay and you would like a great handout that provides the questions that we're going to be going over today, give me a one in the chat. In a little bit, I'll drop a link um, so everybody can access it. But it's a really great handout that Andrea was kind enough to make specific for this episode for all of you who are watching. So let me know in the comments. We'll also make sure for anybody who's watching the or listening to the podcast that we'll have that in the show notes as well. 
So Andrea, back to these questions. And if, again, we, we zoom out, this line of questionings can help you figure out your company purpose. What else? You know, we start with the company purpose. You know, what is this that you do as a company? Now we have to focus in internally a little bit more. And let's take a look at your team. What makes them successful? Hmm. You know, and we're going beyond, well, they've got a degree in this. They know about that. I'm actually talking about their belief structure. I call them beliefs. You know, some people call them corporate values. I think beliefs is a little bit stronger because beliefs don't change. Mm. You know, they're not flexible. I use myself as an example, always there. That's not going to change. I'm not going to be, well, I'm on vacation, so I'm going to ignore all my emails and avoid that always there feeling. There's different things I will do so I can still enjoy my vacation, but I'm not going to just ignore. Yeah. You know, so what traits, what beliefs do people have? You're successful people. Find those one or two people that if you could clone them, you'd be like, easy peasy, life would be wonderful. Mm. Okay. Skill sets will be different because you can't have everybody with the same skill set. Because sure. your company can't run that way. You need people who are good at this and that and the other thing. But their beliefs. Okay, this is going to sound a little, let me, I'm trying to simplify this a bit because you have to ask the beliefs from three different sets of people. Okay. One is yourself as the owner or your leadership team. Two is the people on your team, you know, at every level, what makes them successful? Mm. And lastly, ask your clients or your customers or your patients, or, you know, depending on how you, you refer to them, what is it that you do that your company provides, that your people provide, that makes a lasting impression? Mm. And if you really want to dig deep, if you really want to go a little extra, Ask them, what could we be doing better? And you may be surprised at that. The what are you doing better could be just something as it takes you two days to answer an email. Mm. What an easy fix. Yeah. You know, and we, we talked a little bit about this in the pre-show, so I'm just going to bring it back in. Yeah. Answering an email doesn't mean having the answers. It means acknowledging hey, saw this, let me do some research, or I'm in a meeting, I'll get back to you in, in half an hour, I'll call you later, whatever it is. Yeah. And what struck me when you gave that example of responding in four hours is that that, yeah. I think that's an example where you identify your beliefs or your values, you come up with something that you want to make true with your business. And it's probably not something that you can just execute on overnight. Like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm now going to change the business. Like there are processes and systems and probably team that have to be put in place for you to be in integrity with this new oh, thing that you're absolutely. sticking the business to. Yeah. You know what? And, and Joey, and people will look at this, oh, well, we can change our culture, you know, all the takes is an offsite meeting in and our culture will change, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. To be honest, when in doing this with clients, 
and they've got they've made the commitment because this is not for the faint of heart you have to be committed you have to follow through to have a true change in culture with incremental steps you know and, and processes it can take you six to 12 months mm. because human behavior doesn't work with a switch it is yeah. not your light bulb you know it takes time because guess what you put things forward people may fall back a little bit and that's okay yeah it's all right to fall back into an old habit it's okay just say hey you're a little late on responding to that email oh, so sorry and then back on track again that's so good and the fact that you've identified through your values and your core beliefs that that's something that you want to deliver on when it feels hard to execute on throughout those six months or a year, there's an ambition there to make sure you get it right and, and to keep working on it. Yeah, we're all human. You know, we, we can't just go from, you know, zero to 60. Now, here's the thing is too, is while you're changing the culture and updating behaviors, now you have a belief. Like I said, you know, we have one that's always there, but we have a mm. definition behind what that means. Yeah. You know, it's not just the word. Unfortunately, I've seen this a lot of times. Oh, do you have any core values or beliefs? Oh, yeah, there they are on the, on the poster on the wall. And, and they're these single words. Yeah. You know, integrity. Well, honestly, I really hope anybody I'm working with has integrity. It shouldn't have to be a, a belief. Aside from that. <laughs> you know, but they've got these words. You know, communication. What kind of communication? What does that mean? Everybody's going to have a different definition of a word based on their own life experience and yeah. their own personal values or beliefs. Okay. I think that's to provide. This is really great. I'm glad that you're talking about this because I, I agree with you. One of our core values is integrity. And it's because we've defined it that it's become such a helpful, like, North Pole for us. I wanted to bring up what Caitlin is asking here in the chat because I was thinking about it earlier and I think it dovetails into the converse, the direction that we're going in. Caitlin asks, uh, what I find hard is asking those questions like what can we do to get better? The best way to actually get a response. I find many times that I don't get a response to those types of questions. And I was going to ask you, when you ask questions to customers, just to your team, whatever, like what can we do better? Are there things that you do to get a response or to get a more helpful response? Do you ask that question in the context of like, here is one of our core values. Here's what it means. What can we do better to, to live this out better? Or is it more of just an open-ended, what can we do better as a business? It's, you have to put a little bit of context around it because they want to know where it is, you know, yeah. to improve our services. We want it to be open. People need to know that it's safe to give feedback. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. What I have seen too many companies do, they go out and they ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it be from their, their team members or clients, people give feedback. And then it's like radio silence. There's nothing. There's no response back. It's like, did you get it? Did you not get it? What did you right. think? You know, something, you know, so it's to, even if you respond, wow, we've gotten some great responses. It's going to take us a little time to absorb all of this. 
We're going to get back to everybody within a month and let them know our thoughts. We'll share responses and share without names. Mm. Whether it's a client's name or a team member name, don't share names. People need to feel safe in what they say. Sure. But they also want to know that they've been heard. So you have to give some kind of feedback. Mm. Okay. Okay. So if, for example, what can we do better? And somebody says, well, you know, um, it would be actually nice to talk to somebody every once in a while instead of just email. Sure. Like, let's admit it. It's email is easy. We can just write it, shoot it off, and go on to the next thing. So it's when you get that feedback, it's like, hey, people actually want to talk. Mm. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to allow... My door is always open. I'm going to use myself as an example on this. Like team members know that even if I've got my calendar blocked out and they see that I may not be available, they can send me a text message. It says, can you call me when you're done? And Mm. guess what? The minute I'm done, because sometimes things end early, sometimes they go late. I call them and I'm like, hey, what's up? What's going on? I don't ever want people to feel that I'm unreachable. Mm. Clients, the same thing. It's like, well, I don't want to be bothering you. You're not a bother. Oh my God, you're my client. Why would you be a bother? But if I'm able to answer the phone and talk, I will answer the phone and talk. If I can't, and I've actually got this as an automatic reply since everybody uses cell phones now, that says, sorry, I can't take your call. I will call you as soon as I'm out of my meeting slash call. I worded it better than that, but you get what I mean. Sure, that's great. (laughs) So they know that I acknowledge it. It's like, I saw this and I will get back in touch with you. Hmm. So people need to know that it's safe. Now, if for some reason you've been great at asking people questions, not getting responses or getting responses and not showing up the follow-up on that, Hmm. you have to start off with some smaller steps so people know that they can be honest and their feedback is being heard. So you may not want to start off with, what can we do better? My favorite question, like for internal teams, Mm -hmm. you can actually do this with clients too, depending on your business, is in a regular conversation, say, hey, what do you need from me in order for you to be successful? Mm. It's a simple, straightforward question. It's aimed at them, not at you. People People can always talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's really what good. What do you need in order to be successful? What can I give you? It can be, and I've had questions all over the map on this. It can be things from, I need a training class. Can you explain to me again how XYZ works to, can I have a second screen for my computer? Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> I can't work with one screen anymore. I don't expect you to either. To, you know, clients would say things like, you know what helped me out a lot? Can we just schedule regular calls because I'm good at keeping notes and then I forget to call you and ask or I forget to send the email. So if I know that you're going to be calling me every Monday at 9 a.m., I'm good. It's it's Mm. on my calendar. I need things on my calendar. Not a problem. We'll set it up. Just accept the invite and we'll have the call. If the call is only two minutes of, hey, having a great day, what'd you do this weekend? To, okay. You're not going to believe what Fred did last week. How do I deal with Fred? <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
So it's communicating with people the way they want to be communicated. Yeah, that's so good. And now that I have your ear, I want to ask you something that tends to come up in some business owner communities that I'm in, which Mm -hmm. is this idea that the client isn't always right. And there have been times that I know my team and I can relate to where we've gotten great feedback and there is a good reason why we have a process in place that is kind of at the foundation of what they're complaining about or, mm-hmm. you know, we're working on it, but the existing solution that we have is the best, even that kind of run, runs counter to the feedback that they're giving. What tips or, or, or secrets do you have so that we can best show that we're listening and being open And at the same time, especially for clients who are repeat clients who will be working with us, give them that feedback that we're listening. Here's why we do it this way. And we want to continue to be open to feedback. Okay. I'm going to give you some of my communication secrets. Great. And I'm going to try to summarize this quickly because I I can actually talk about this for hours. Okay. (laughs) So I'll show everybody that. There's a couple things you need to know about the person that you're dealing with, that mm. you're talking to. And if they're repeat clients, you probably already know this, but you never thought of it in these terms. Okay. Okay. The first thing you need to know is how do people learn? How do they take in new information? Are they visual? Like they like something on a paper, they want it to be written out. Or are they auditory? Let's just talk it through. Mm. Or what it's called kinesthetic which is just a big fancy word for hands-on. Like I need to do it alongside you, okay? Once you know that, that's that's your mode of communication. The second thing you need to understand about them is, these are my words, you know, are they like a quick thinker, an out loud thinker? Just like it's out loud thinker means you know what they're thinking because it's coming out of their mouth. Yeah. You know, and it goes up and down sideways in, in every other direction. And then there's the processor. This is the person that needs to absorb all the information, sit with it for a while, and then come back to you. Mm. These are also the folks that don't like spontaneous meetings and not knowing what it's about. You know, they like the agendas. They want to, they want to come prepared. Yeah. Okay. So you need to know that because if they're a processor, just say, you know what, can I give you some information for you to think about? Mm. And then we can follow up. Have that with processors, you have to have a follow-up date or time, mm-hmm. whether it's in an hour or next week, you have to have something. Otherwise, they will think about it from now and yeah. forever. Out loud thinkers, you need to say, if I understand you correctly, is this what you're saying? Is this mm-hmm. what's important to you? So because they kind of go all over the map, by clarifying and if you miss the, the point, the main point, they will say, I did say that, but you know what, what's really important to me is this. Mm. Out loud thinkers are very easy to misunderstand because we don't always know what the important thing is when they go through it all. Unless yep. they themselves say, so in closing, you know, sure. the, the, the TV shows that I see, in closing, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then the last thing you need to know about them is what motivates them. And there's four basic motivators. Again, I'm giving you the quick and dirty version here. The four motivators are achievement, social, 
systems and fairness. Mm. So by understanding that, then you your response is going to be focused on one of their motivators. Mm. So if they're about achievement, obtaining results, doing better the next day than the, they did the day before, you're going to say, so this will result in you being X. Have some patience. This is a marathon. We will get to the result. I know it doesn't seem like a straight course, but believe it or not, it is actually a steady course. Mm. But if there were about fairness, and, and I'm thinking about like what you do in particular, you know, with IT work, you know what, in order to be fair to you and to others with similar names, similar ideas, and I'm just grasping at an example here, you know, we need to do the research to understand mm. that we are giving you the best and fairest product or service. Sure. Possible. Okay. So if you coach it in their motivator, you know, you focus it on their motivator, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Obviously, the tips I'm giving you work best when it's a one-on-one. When it's in a group, there's a slightly different dynamic and, and you have to involve a little bit of everything. Yeah. So this is this is fantastic. And I, I want to ask this quickly because I know of so many like kind business owners who, in my opinion, tend to get caught up in what you're talking about. Like they hear about what it is that you're talking about. They hear about these different personalities and it almost becomes its own reason for procrastination of, okay, I'm not going to be ready to launch this new business or this new service until I have processes to really communicate well with all of these different learning types, or I'm not going to, I'm not going to launch my course until, you know, until it's ready for people who are, who are visual or calisthenic or, or whatever to all have what they need out of this. Right. Well, and here's the As someone who really appreciates what you do, is there a, is there a sense of like a minimum viable version of being effective in this way and then continuing to get better at it? Absolutely. Okay. If nothing else, understand how people learn and how they think. Now you're talking about training, which most people don't realize when you're creating a training course, you're actually hitting on all three learning styles Mm. automatically, because especially in online training, you have a visual component because you're looking at something. Yeah. Whether it's a slide, a picture, a words on the screen, there's your visual. Mm. Typically, somebody is talking in the background. There's your auditory. Okay. And then your kinesthetic is your exercises, handouts, next steps, do this. So you've already covered all three just in creating the course. Mm. So if anybody's ever wondering why training has all three, that is why you're hitting all three learning styles. The thing is you never thought of it in that way. I really like that. And And typically training courses are, especially if they're online, they're usually self-paced. So you are good with the out loud, the quick thinkers that'd be like, yep, got it onto the next, onto the next, onto the next. And your processors are like, okay, let me just finish module one. Now I need to sit with this for a while. And then in two days, I'm going to come back to module two. Yeah. So for those people, I would say, you know what? You kind of already done it. Okay. You're already there. You just didn't realize it. And secondly is 
and I know this doesn't sound like a great example, but build the plane while it's flying. Yeah, I, I love that sense of permission. And what I've heard coaches tell new business owners before, and I hadn't thought about it this way, was they said, it's okay to provide your services and to have your fulfillment be designed in the way that is most geared towards the way that you learn to start mm -hmm. and then just get better from there. Right. And, and I would actually say, you know, from doing my own um, training that I've done, it's when I deliver it the first time, you know, I always ask for feedback at the end. Yeah. You know, what did you like? What did you like the least? And you're always tweaking it. You're always improving it. You know, especially if you're, you know, like us, where you're very achievement orientated. Yeah. It's never going to be perfect. Because first of all, perfect is, is impossible to reach. Right. Because every time you get close, the standard is increased, you know, mm -hmm. so you're doing that. So it's okay. Do it as you go along, improve it, tweak it. And, you know, I've got training courses. That it's like, hey, we've made an improvement to this section because they've learned from it. Oh my gosh. You know, not only are the people who are taking the training learning, but you're learning based on how they're receiving the questions they may come back and ask you and, and all that you learn from that going, you know what? This is the fifth time I've gotten the same question. I think I need to tweak this section of the training to help answer that. Yeah. And, and you're designing the future of your course or your services based on the feedback that you're actually getting, not just you overthinking everything. Absolutely. And I'm great at overthinking. So it's like, yeah. you know, like, let's just, you know, I go back, keep it simple, keep it simple, silly, you know, just have a starting point. That's great. And in, in the time that we have, I do want to switch gears back to these core beliefs, core values. And I want to ask a question that touched on something that you mentioned earlier, that there's a difference between, or there can be a difference between these powerful, transformative values and beliefs that we really identify and highlight and prioritize across our team and ourselves and with our customers and clients as opposed to values and beliefs that are important, but kind of just a given. Mm -hmm. And I know that values that are kind of a given and something that you just hope everybody has versus ones that, that really make your business different. We talked, I think, in our last Zoom call about how there's no clear line in the sand there. What can be a given and an unnamed belief for you for your business can you know be one of my business's top core values for this reason because we've defined it this way and it's this helpful as people are working through what their core beliefs are their core values the those words or phrases and what they mean mm -hmm. can you speak to how people can go through that practice themselves of putting apart yeah what are what are things that you might think of as a given or you think that are important, but still go unnamed as opposed to this set of things that really are made the core and are highlighted for the business. It's just really going back and asking those questions of your team and of your clients. I'll give you a little trick. It's not in the handout, but I do a survey to the team and it's one question. It, it really is that simple. When speaking to family and friends, what four distinct words 
and I've had to add distinct because you get people that give you a sentence with four words. Do you use to describe where you work or who we are? Use the phraseology that's, that's comfortable. Because those four words that they give you are what they view as the core beliefs of the organization. Mm. Hopefully, there is some kind of a match. Then words may be, you know, a little bit different, but they, you know, you'll get the essence of it. If there is a disconnect, if what you see as the core beliefs and what they see as the core beliefs, there's a big disconnect. You've got some work to do. Oh, that's so good. That's so helpful. And, and is it? And it's so simple. Yeah. Words. Because I've worked with some smart Alex, you know, they give me a four word sentence or they give me the same sure. word four times. <laughs> oh man. Now in, in your experience is, is identifying and living out these core values. Is that something that the, the business kind of does an exercise goes through the, the questions that you have in this great handout and then can they just safely assume that those will continue to be the beliefs of the company over the next five, 10 nope, years? No, nope. there's two things that need to be done. One, you need to operation, what I call operationalize your beliefs. Mm. They have to be in everything that you do. So how do you do that? You know, if one of your beliefs is constant communication or no, even better, learning, consistent mm -hmm. learning, you know, so people are always learning. We are rolling out a new, in line with our core belief of consistent learning, we have developed a new training program that has this. So you use those beliefs in your regular communication. Mm. We are doing this because it fits with this belief. If your belief is we value people, we are upgrading our benefits or providing more benefits or different benefits to be consistent with our value of, of valuing our people. Now, what happens is organizations go through growth whether it just be in size, it could be in the scope of their work. It could be, especially if you do like acquisitions, you know, you've got a very different team. It's possible you may have to revisit these like in three to five years and say, but when you revisit it is, do these still hold true and are we still practicing these? Or mm. have they evolved? Maybe continuous learning has evolved to continuous education because we have become more scientific. Our profession now mm. has continuing education credits or something like that. So maybe it's just tweaked. Technically, they shouldn't change from night to day. They just yeah. need to be upgraded a little bit based on what you work and tools that are available. Yeah. You know, we get more and more tools every day of things that we can use. So I love this. Upgraded. I love this because something that, that happened with our team pretty recently was... Um, Fun isn't one of our core beliefs, but we realized when we really defined what it means for us to say that we value trust, mm -hmm. there, there's a real sense there of letting go of things. For our team, we feel like we do it best when there's this feeling of not taking ourselves too seriously. And it's way easier to let go and trust others when you just feel like you're not taking the business super, super seriously. And we've had a number of people on our team that have worked with other law firms before. And we've identified that the way that we define trust is pretty unique for a law firm because mm -hmm. we are a law firm that doesn't take ourselves that seriously. 
which most people would be like, well, that doesn't make sense. You're supposed yeah. to be stodgy and strict right. and, you know, dry and boring. <laughs> and, and yeah, we, we take protecting our clients and serving them as well as we can. Yes. But across the board, it's something that, that I communicated to, you know, my leadership team and now they're communicating down the departments is there's no mistake that any one person on the business can make that we can't resolve through as a team. And we would rather make and fix those mistakes by having everybody feel like they have autonomy and we're all kind of taking on new projects before we feel 100% confident versus bottlenecking projects and not delegating things. Right. And, and I would actually take that a step further is that because it is so ingrained in your team and they're doing it, they probably raise their hand and say, I need help. I need assistance mm-hmm. before it gets to the point of, oh my gosh, we're not at all hands on deck to, to fix this. Right. Right. And so some of those are the, like, the unintended things by having regular conversations with people and having them, like I said before, ask the question, you know, what do you need for me to succeed? You ask that enough times that you no longer have to ask the question. They will come to you and say, hey, look, this is what I need. Oh, that's so good. It takes time, but people, you know, and I saw this happen with a client of mine and through a, a, a check-in process. I don't believe in annual performance reviews. And, um, <laughs> Through a check-in process, that's one of the questions we always ask. And she's like, oh my gosh, now I, I don't even really have to ask the question anymore because now when we ask the question, they're like, yeah, I've already asked for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I went to you when I needed it. I didn't wait for this to happen. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so... It's that such an, a dynamic. It's, it's been such a game changer for our business to have the culture that it now has in place. And, and I don't think, I mean, yes, we have great people and we've got mm-hmm. good systems and we've got a great culture, but as you're talking, I'm realizing that it's, it's because we've done to an extent, the work of yeah. figuring this stuff out. And I, now I'm excited. And I hope everybody watching this is excited to go through the, these resources. Again, I've got in the, in the comments and you'll see in the show notes for the podcast, the, the Dropbox link to the handout with the great questions that Andrea has, as well as her website at focushr.biz. You go through this stuff, you just keep taking action. And a couple of months or a year later, you get to really enjoy this great team culture and the results that come from that because you did this initial work. Absolutely. And, and I can't stress this enough. You have to define the culture yourself instead of letting others define it mm. if you let your team define it alone you're going to have if you have five people on your team you're going to have five cultures if you have 15 people on your team you're going to have 15 cultures you know because each person contributes their does it in their own way that yeah. doesn't show unity that doesn't show consistency that doesn't show a team working towards the same goals and the same objectives and having the same purpose that's really, really well said. Well, I'm excited for everyone to check out the handout, to check out your website. If anybody is is watching, listening to this, Andrea, and is like, oh my gosh, I need help with this. Is there any place in particular on, on your website that they can go to 
take whatever next step you tend to prefer? They can just reach out to me directly. On the handout is my phone number and my email. You know, awesome. always there. So go ahead and reach out. Happy to talk to everybody. And and it's going to be a conversation. You know, what is it you want to achieve? Why is this important to you? And I will tell you, you know, we see a lot of stories right now about the great resignation. You know, people, employees, sorry, I hate that term and I use it. In front of it's okay. But people are leaving jobs and, and so forth. And if you have a great culture, I'll tell you that my clients that have a great culture, guess what? They're growing. They're looking for people. Their teams, their people aren't leaving. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're there. The people where companies or people are leaving is because they don't have a good culture. There's bad bosses that don't value and respect their team members. Mm-hmm. So don't be one of them. Focus on this. Make sure that you have a place where people are doing their personal best for you, for your clients, and for themselves Hmm. every day. Really, really well said. We'll end there. Uh, That does it for this episode of the Business Growth Advantage. Andrea, thank you so much for an amazing conversation. I can't stress how valuable this line of questions has been for me, for my team. I know it can be corny or cheesy to say, you know, spend the time to do this work. It's helpful. But I mean, I'm sure when I say that you even think of specific names and faces over the years of people that you've worked through and seen their results. Absolutely. And personally, I love corny, so I'm good with that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for all of your wisdom, all of your expertise. And uh, you guys, I'll see you next week, same time, same place. That does it for this episode. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Business Growth Advantage with me, Joey C. Vitale. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see y'all next week. Learn